You are listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast from Freedom Fellowship Church in Tontytown, Arkansas. Our mission is to love God, love others, and serve both. And now let's listen in to this week's sermon. I'm I'm an emotional wreck this morning. Not a wreck, but I'm just, I'm a roller coaster this morning. And uh, this kind of happened the the first time I did this where God just keeps releasing me of things and I just can't stop. I wish it was a different way because then it gets my drainage all going and I just can't get a, my mouth won't stay and keeps going dry and all that. But I'm so grateful to be standing here. Um, I'm grateful that somebody like me can be used. And, um, you know, it's just a, our topic's repentance today. And whew, um, praise God for grace and praise God for Holy Spirit that moves convicts and prompts us and that's where we're going to go today and I told Justin I feel like Lord, my dad may come out today so if you don't want your toes stepped on there's the door yes that is yes that is a compliment as Tom said because I definitely have attributes of him and I catch myself sometimes I'm going did I really just say that you know, like that sounds just like him. Or I make a joke and I'm like, God, that was so corny, you know, and it's just like him. Nobody gets our humor like each other. You know, like me, I'll say something and he'll laugh and nobody else will laugh. And I'm like, well, at least he, you know, and same, vice versa. All right, loosen up a little bit. All right, let's, I'm going to pray, please. Heavenly Father, please just get me out of the way this morning. May your Holy Spirit move, may your words, may your scripture, may you do the teaching this morning. May your word fill this room, may your spirit fill this room like it does a lot. What needs to be said, let it be said. What doesn't need to be said, let it stay not said. Father, I thank you so much for for the people in this room and the people that aren't able to be here today that are watching I ask you to be with the Rosses and, and, to, and to heal Dylan soon, and to watch over him and, and bless that house, bless those kids and his wife. I ask you to continue to watch over our family here. And God, I ask that your spirit just move this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We will be in Luke chapter 13, 1 through 17. So as you turn there, um, the first part of this is called a call to repentance. And as, as you're turning there, so the first part will be in Luke 13, 1 through 5. But during this time, Jesus is using current events and natural disasters as illustrations and first parables and such. And it's something throughout my life I've kind of had a hard time grasping because you didn't live then. You know, and some of those things don't make sense. And I was talking with Dad yesterday and that, you know, the same things would be used, but Jesus would use different thing, you know, today's current events to, to get his point across. You know, so dear, as we get into this, Pilate was wanting to build some aqueducts using money from the temple treasury. And that was money that was set, that was dedicated to God. So obviously some people were upset. Uh, the Jews were upset because that was money they'd set aside for God and for use in that, plus just the laws that go along with that. Uh, Pilate has some undercover soldiers in the crowd, uh, there's a, there a gathering, and some of these people came to beg for their money back. Well, Pilate sent some undercover people out into the crowd, and the ones that begged for the money, they ended up killing them. So that's kind of where 
this is that part's going. So verse 1, about this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Do you think those, and this is Jesus, do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee, Jesus asked? Is that why they suffered? Not at all. And you will perish too, unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And what about the 18 people who died in the, died when the tower in Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No, and I tell you again, then unless you repent, you will perish too. So in verse 2, was the sin of those killed worse than those who weren't killed? Maybe, maybe not. Bad things can happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. And I think that's, that's to us a lot. There's a lot of us in this room you know, we've done some, some bad things, and, but overall, you don't feel like we're a bad person, but some bad stuff has happened to us. And so here's these people that, that live in this law, the law of Moses, and they're trying to not trap Jesus, but just their thinking is just a little bit different. Verse 3 and 5, he says, repent. So they were asking Jesus, why did this happen? And he turned it into, but what does this mean to me? What does this mean to you? So we're asking why, and he didn't answer why, he turned it and said, but what does it mean for you? Notice that in verse 3 and verse 5, as just in these five verses, twice he says, repent. And what does repent mean? It means to be remorseful, to turn from your sin and be remorseful and want to change the way that you do things and the way that you live. So in this moment of them asking these questions where some current events had happened and some not good things had been, you know, it happened. Some people died, some natural disasters, and he uses the moment to teach repentance. And moving on to verses 6 through 9, the parable of the barren fig tree. Then Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. But he was always disappointed. I'm going to stop there for a second, and as I just talk about things with Justin, <laughs> This was a verse that I, I thought it was going somewhere and taking me somewhere. It's a good thing you it's a good thing I reached out to people because I was off. I was way over, not left field, I was foul territory. You know, and because you, you're learning, I've grown and I'm learning. I was like, I need to call and ask, you know, and so I'm glad I called. And it put such a different thing on. So replace the word man with God. So God planted a fig tree. Well, fig tree. The, the Jews, the people, the Israelites. God planted people in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. But he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. The gardener answered, Sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year, and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. I'm kind of jumping ahead, but there, there's Jesus mediating for us right there. There's Jesus going, whoa, hold on, hold on. Let me fertilize. So a few things from this script. God is patient with us. Now we think three years isn't a long time, but sometimes three years is a whole long time. But we can relate to three years. 
you know, had, had he used a big number of thousands or hundreds of years, it's hard to relate to, but he used three years. Sorry, the number three just whew. But he's patient with us. So there he was going after him. He was showing his patience. Look at verse seven. Where, what is your fruit? They're painting, we got them along the wall here. So we're going, talking about repentance here. Saying, where's your fruit? If you've truly turned to me and you're truly following Jesus, then you have to repent because you have to be remorseful so there is change. Where's your fruit? That's where he's asking. There's no fruit showing. Is your fruit showing? Does it show daily? Yes, I know we struggle, but have we completely turned our back on our sin? I ain't talking about just kind of stepping back in. I mean, have we like truly, are we convicted by the Spirit? And do we listen to the Spirit and move away from that sin? And does our fruit show up in this world? I'm not saying accept things, because we don't accept sin. We love people. We serve, we love God, we love others, and we serve both. But sin is sin. And is our fruit big enough and bright enough and bold enough to filter into this world? I know mine's not. Mine is not. I cuss too much. Yes, I said it from here. I say things I don't need to say. I struggle with it. I ask God to fix a lot of things and I haven't asked him to help me fix that one yet. Now nah, it's just work sometimes. But when it controls and it doesn't reflect what Jesus has done in my life, then that's the problem. I ain't talking about stumping your toe, you know, and, and, and saying something you shouldn't say. You know, mama, I'm sorry, but I don't talk right. <laughs> I work with my dad, so. <laughs> um, that's, in, that's me right now. That's what I've got to try to change. My fruit is not showing up at work. It's not showing up in the world. Verse 8, I already said this, but the gardener. Or mediator. There's Jesus saying, God, hold on a minute. Just let me do some more work. Now look at verse 9. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. So we saw that God is patient. He wait, waited three years. He's patient. But he's also just. And that day's coming. We don't know when it is, but it's coming. So and I'm not trying to hellfire and brimstone this. Jesus is coming back. And those that haven't turned from their sin and aren't following him, it ain't going to be good. I'm not trying to use the scare tactic, but it's the God truth, the God honest truth that he is coming back. He is a just God and we will get what we deserve. Well, let me stop. Thank God we don't get what we deserve because we're covered by the grace of God for those of us that have turned to Jesus. But he is very just. Fertilize. God, I love this analogy. That, you know, sometimes fertilizing is, is, is it possible to be fertilized without Jesus, without repenting? I don't think so. To turn to him, all of us have to let Jesus fertilize and work in us. God was there for three years giving the tree special care and attention. What I think of my, I think of dad telling the story of my grandfather buying, was it cow manure that Edmund bought that Nana got all upset about? 
spent a lot of money on fertilizer, and it was you know it's gross, it's nasty. Fertilizer is not the best thing, but I want you to think about your deepest, darkest place you'd be in. Felt like you were alone, right? But maybe, you know, you felt like the world was against you, that God was against you, that something was against you, you had nobody around you, but maybe that's the way it was supposed to be. Maybe you were supposed to be alone and by yourself in the deep, dark abyss where only Jesus can reach you. Maybe that's the way, maybe that's where I was supposed to be for two years. Now I know I was loved and had people around me holding me up. And they want to get the hole with it, but sometimes you just can't get in the hole with somebody else. You just can't. Or maybe they're standing outside watching. They're, they're wanting to help and they're trying to get in, but God's not letting them because you got to get to you're, you're a place where only He can be with you in the mud and the mire and the gross and the nasty because you got to learn that He's all you need. That the people closest to you your family, your friends, anybody can let you down because we're human. But he cannot, and he will not let you down. It may seem like he was nowhere near, but when you opened your eyes, who was in the hole with you? He was. When the light finally started kind of opening up a little bit, that's who was there. Because you got to a place, at least I did, where I sat there and I was alone and I finally said, I quit asking why. I still do. But at that moment, I quit asking why. And I finally said, what are you going to do with me? And slowly and surely, that light, that hole started getting dug. And it gets dug out, and the light slowly and surely comes out. He, it don't, for me, it didn't open up all immediately because I couldn't handle it all at once. And a lot of times, that's how it goes. Slowly and surely. And guess what? It's still going. It's still a process. But here's what I learned. That he was in the hole with me because he wanted to be with me and he wants me. He wants you. But you have to turn. And you have to get to a place where you can finally say you are all I need and you're all I want. That no matter anybody else in the world can't do anything to me because you the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and our God and our Father in heaven wants to be with us in that hole. And so he sent his son to sit in there with us and to drag us out. Now we have to make a decision to kind of want to get out. I'm honest with you, I got drug out. I tried and I tried and I tried to hang on. And I got so exhausted. And the thing was, what he was trying to teach me was, get exhausted Keep fighting me, but get exhausted. When I finally let go of the rope and fell into the water, that's a whole other sermon for another day. Thank God for good therapy and a good therapist. Uh -oh. But I let go of the rope and I let myself drown, and he's the one that picked me up. Because I finally turned and I looked at him. Jesus heals on the Sabbath. So go on to the next, please, uh, for Luke 13, 10 through 17. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her, 
and instantly she could stand straight. How she praised God. But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. Come on those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. Go to the next one, please. Thank you. But the Lord replied, you hypocrites. Each of you works on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath day and lead it out for water? This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? This shamed his enemies, but all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did. So an evil spirit was binding her up. <laughs> you, could, you could harp on several things in this scripture. An evil spirit was binding her up, but only Jesus. I want you to close your eyes for a second, please. Only Jesus could take care of this for her. Only Jesus can take care of this for you. She couldn't control this. Now I want you to hear me very clearly right now, and you can open your eyes, but I want you to hear me. I'm not saying you're possessed or have an evil spirit. That's not where I'm going with this. Okay, so I want you to hear me clearly when I say that. Now I want to ask, I want to ask you to close your eyes again. I spoke too soon. I'm sorry. But I want to ask you, what has a grip on you? What's holding you? What's got you by the neck? Maybe it's just the ankle. Maybe it's the arm. Maybe you're drowning. Maybe it's got you both hands around the neck. What are you holding on to? She couldn't shake this on her own power. Only through Jesus touching her was she healed. Now, I'm not going to get too much into the end of this on the Sabbath day because there's laws and all that. It's very interesting and I like it. That's just not where I want to go today. It's not where the Lord's been leading me. But hit on the Sabbath. But maybe, maybe, you know, maybe that's where some of us struggle. Like we hold on to things and we're stuck in our ways. We don't open our mind and our heart to something new. But I'm going to ask you, what is, what is, what, what has this grip on you? I think we can all say that we get challenged a good bit here at Freedom Fellowship. And I think it happens in different ways. You have my dad that just sometimes likes to stomp on the toes, and I love it. You have Tom that just, that to me, it's almost like a story, and it just comes together, and it, and it, you know, he uses his, we all use our life experience, but just the way he tells it, it just is kind of smooth, and it's, you know, kind of soothing to the soul for me. You know, then you have Justin, who's, I don't want to use nerd in a bad way, but yourself, you know, you know, you're a nerd, you know, and, and I kind of find myself digging, let me rephrase that, about the scripture. It finds the details very interesting. That's what I mean by that. You can make fun of me next week. It's fine. But if you're going to use a short joke, it's got to be original. Okay. But we get challenged here a lot in different ways. And I know that the Holy Spirit stirs right here. I know these terms because I, I know, I feel it, you know, and I look up and I hear y'all, you know, and I, I know the Spirit's working here. The men and women here allow it. We want it and we welcome it. Sometimes we don't answer the call though, do we? 
I haven't before. Sometimes I have. Worship team, will you go ahead and join me up here? Sometimes we don't answer that call. I know COVID and all that and kind of some people are scared. I get it. You know, and I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable, but here's what I know. We sometimes, I should say I know it. I feel led to say this. We get challenged here and we don't answer the call. I'm a divorced dad of two kids by something I couldn't control. And look what he's doing with me. We've got alcoholics. We've got divorced people. We've got, there. nobody's different than anybody else in here. But yet I think sometimes we get scared to come down here and let the power of Jesus take over and get healing and turn from our ways and find healing and laying of hands on each other and praying and letting the power of Jesus turn and change our lives. And maybe I'm on face, but this is just where the Spirit's been taking me for a while and all week, and I'm not aggravated. I just, I know what happens when you let Jesus and you let the body of His, you let the body of Jesus put their hands on you and pray over you to find freedom. It is time to turn and repent. It is time to whatever is holding you and has a grip on you to come down here and let go of it. And I'm saying this because I know it's me. And I know that I've done it. And I'll probably have to do it again. But I know what happened when I walked down here and Jesse and my dad and J.E. and Brandon and others put their hands on me. I was released. There is power in the name of Jesus. Jesus touched the woman and instantly. One more thing. I go back to John 8 when the adulterous woman is literally facing death for her sins. And her, her, she's, the decision she's made, she's facing stoning. And Jesus shows up. And we, I think we all know the story where he says, those of you that haven't seen can cast the first tone. Well, they all dropped one, one by one, and they left. Not all of us have faced immediate death because of our decisions, but some of us here probably have. They dropped the stone, they left. She's one-on-one -on -one with him. In the deepest, darkest place she's been where she, I mean, I'm sure she's probably been there, but now it's just all blown up and she's about to be stoned to death. And now it's just him and her. He's in the pit with her. As Joey Mark said, the grace train hit her hard. But what did he tell her? He didn't just stop there. It's like Justin, we talked about this morning, go and sin no more. He made it very clear. He covered with grace, but he made it very clear to change. I beg of you, I implore of you, if that's you, if it's somebody home, reach out to somebody, please. Father God, thank you so much for your spirit. And I ask if there's just one person and they're watching home that somebody turned to you today. Not because of what I said, because of you, Father. There is power in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Jesus.
Thank you so much for listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast. We are located at 990 West Henry de Tonti Boulevard in Tontytown, Arkansas. You can check us out on the web at freedomfellowship.com or you can find us on social media by searching Freedom Fellowship NWA. We hope you have a great week and that you live out the mission of the church, which is to love God, love others, and serve both.